Well, the Packers draft is in the books, but this draft will uh, forever be remembered as something that isn't about the players they selected, more so on what is happening around the Green Bay Packers organization. As over the weekend, as the Kentucky Derby is going on, there is a a, uh, famous and maybe some would say now infamous player that uh, put on a nice little suit, slicked back his hair, grabbed his fiancée, told her to put on a funny big hat and get out there to start celebrating. That would be Aaron Charles Rogers. And as he was at the Kentucky Derby, many people asking him many questions. Well, I don't think there was many questions asked, just kind of one question. What the hell is going on with you and the Green Bay Packers brass as NBC's Mike Tirico caught up with Rodgers, did not want to be on camera, Aaron Rodgers. But Mike had said, quote, he didn't want to talk on camera. I can tell you I characterize Aaron as disappointed that the news has come out this riff with the Packers. He expressed a couple times how much he loves Green Bay, loves the fans, loves the franchise, but there is, there is a chasm between the management and the reigning NFL MVP, a huge chasm, and we're not just sure how it's going to play out. You should watch closely over the next couple of weeks to see what we hear from the Packers' side and when Aaron Rodgers speaks. Rowdy, when Rodgers came out and basically said, it's either him or Brian Gutekunst. Trade me or I'll sit or fire Brian Gutekunst and I'll play. What do you think is going on with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers? By the way, good morning. Yeah, good morning. A lot of stuff breaking Woo! on Saturday, huh? Saturday was a wild day. It all started, what, on Thursday? Was that when we were filling in for the Bill Michaels show and it seemed almost unbelievable to where we are now? Either Fryer, Brian Gutekunst, so Rodgers can stay in play, or roll the dice and see what happens with number 12 if you don't. My God. What did you think when it all started coming out on Saturday? Were you, was your head spinning while you were golfing? Yeah, all of a sudden, you know, we were pulling up to a hole and mm. took out my phone and that was all over on Twitter. <laughs> I just basically I looked at it and said, oh, boy. <laughs> Big time, oh, boy. It's um, I have a bad feeling about the Green Bay Packers coming up in the year of 2021, the NFL football season. I, uh, I'm going to put a Twitter poll out here. I'm going to let it run for almost all four hours of this show. And it's going to be an easy one. If you are, uh, let's say, Mark Murphy, I guess, in this situation, you should probably fire yourself too. But if you are the person in charge and it's up to you to determine who stays and who goes, do you side with Brian Gutekunst or do you side with Aaron Rodgers and fire Brian Gutekunst? So, Rowdy, I'm going to put the poll up. It's up to you, the listeners out there. You You are the person in charge in this situation. Do you fire Brian Gutekunst? Or do you keep Brian Gutekunst and determine what happens with Aaron Rodgers? Sweet baby Jesus, what the hell happens? There you go. I'm gonna put that out, Rowdy. What do you think? Do you have a Do you have an inkling? I know you had said Saturday to think about it. Who do you side with, Rodgers or Goody? Well, you said if you were Mark Murphy and the the guy in charge here, right? Yeah. If I was Mark Murphy, I'd just fire myself too. Yeah. Yes. Well. With what Mark Murphy has said in the past and some of the things that have leaked out with Aaron, don't be the problem. Yep. I feel like uh, he's probably leaning towards the other guy in that situation, Brian Gutekunst. I agree with you right there. Aaron, don't be the problem, Mark Murphy once said in that Tyler Dunn Bleacher article or Bleacher Report article when it was uh, you know, the split between Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. Are you missing Ted Thompson at all after all this? You missing Theodore off to the great war room into the sky? Like, man, Ted, Ted, what's happening? I don't know if I'm missing Ted Thompson, but um, if I had to make the decision, I, I don't know if Brian Gutekunst would be around. Yeah. Um, wow. So we have some stuff to talk about today. What are you going to do with uh, Brian Gutekunst or, I guess, Aaron Rodgers? In one hand, if you fired Brian Gutekunst, you were letting Aaron Rodgers run the team, and then you're saying, well, the inmates run the asylum. If you fire or trade Aaron Rodgers or he sits or doesn't play, you're basically throwing in the towel on a Hall of Famer, a guy who just won MVP and gives you your best shot at a Super Bowl. If I was Mark Murphy, though, in that in that situation, I would just first I would sit there and wonder myself, how the hell did you two clowns let it get this far? Yeah. Um, do you think it all stems all the way up to Mark Murphy, though, for letting it get this far? Well, probably. God, Mark Murphy. I can't stand Mark Murphy. 
It's um, it's pretty crazy what happened over the weekend. You know, Thursday, let's go through the timeline, right? Thursday, all comes out that the Niners made a trade or wanted to make a trade. And it was like, no way, no way. Packers says they aren't trading them. And then um, Friday, more inf- or Thursday, more information starts to come out that a bunch of teams were calling on Aaron Rodgers. They're like, oh, why are they calling on Aaron Rodgers? And then, well, so I guess they're trying to make their team better. Then as you wait a little longer, more information starts coming out that Aaron Rodgers is not happy with the Green Bay Packers. In fact, Mark Murphy... Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur all flying out to California to meet with Aaron Rodgers to try and get uh, this all resolved. Well, as the day went on, more information coming out that Rodgers, not happy. Not happy at all, even when those guys come out there to see him. Then Friday, what's it happen to come out, Rowdy? That Rodgers is pissed off, hacked off about Jordan Love. We already kind of knew that. The 2020 draft. And that Brian Gutekunst didn't even say anything to him when he went to go draft Jordan Love. Then on Saturday, the even bigger bombshell. Rodgers wants Gutekunst fired or he is done. Oh, from where we started Thursday, Rod, to where we are now. Uh, how has that, let's see, what Vegas say? Ten and a half? Was that for the Green Bay Packers, the over-under? Yeah. What, from, let's just go from the Vegas side of things. Uh, the ten and a half. Is that now in serious jeopardy? Would you take the under of the Packers? Like, Where are you looking for the Packers and their health in the 2021 season? I'm not looking to bet that at all. <laughs> I think I'll be staying away from that. Yeah, so a uh, guy, Dave Esler, uh, who joins us now on, um, is he, yeah, fri- Fridays, right? Yep. Dave, who joins us on Fridays now at 740, he's the, you know, our handicapper of the stars, one of them. He's like, yeah, I wouldn't touch that either. All right, we got guys coming in right now. Fire, the king says fire, Gude- or what do you say? Keep Gudekunst. And then fire Goody, then how much longer will Rodgers play? Plus how effective. Not saying Goody is the end-all, be-all. But, yeah, there's that. So, Rowdy, what do you do? You're in the situation. If you fire Brian Gutekunst, or you said keep Brian Gutekunst, right? You keep Brian Gutekunst, and then you have Aaron Rodgers. What unfolds after that? Well, if you're going to, if, if you're going to keep Brian Gutekunst, there's only one thing you can do. If, if I was in that situation... And that's basically sit, try and wait Aaron Rodgers out. You just wait him out? At this point, yeah. Yeah. You unless just you got, wait on his career? Unless you got an absolute bo- like bombshell of a trade. Well, I guess if you fire Brian Gutekunst, or let's say you say wait out Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so you, you just, what, don't trade him, put him on the bench then? Yeah, pretty much make him hold out. Just make him sit? I mean, yeah. He, has to, he would have to hold out for three seasons. He'd be 40. <laughs> so you just, can't, you just can't screw afford, it, Rodgers. He can't afford to do it. You just he can't afford to do it if he's, looking to, if he's looking to continue to break records and win Super Bowls. And at the same time, you know, you don't exactly give him what he wants. So you, you tell Aaron Rodgers, tough titties, you're under contract for the next three years. We own your rights. There's nothing you can do. We will eat your contract. We will eat it and have you sit, and we'll see what happens with Jordan Love. And then you just basically let Rodgers wither away, not even seeing the field. That would be cold-blooded, wouldn't it? That would be cold. Uh, you wouldn't try to trade him at all? Not unless I got a deal that blew me away. Oh, yeah. He, would he have to give the $30 million back? He has to repay, I believe it's like uh, $11.5 million the next couple of years. Man. Something like that. It so, was like two different uh, signing bonuses he's have to pay back. Man. So you personally, Rowdy, would just let Rodgers wither away at the end of the bench, having him to pay back his signing bonuses, his money, and you just kind of uh, maybe – what are you doing in the market? Are you testing the market here and there to see if you get a, a king's ransom? Well, that, well, like right now, if you sold them, you're selling low, right? Because everyone knows he wants out, so it, everyone knows that you're looking, or you're probably looking to trade him. Isn't that crazy? You're selling you're not low, get top dollar. You're selling low on the reigning MVP. That's so wild. But then you also have to think it's because you let it get there. Yeah, you did. So you, uh, okay? Let's do the other situation now. Um, so you, you would let Rodgers sit and then just let him just kind of squirm. All right, let's say you fire Brian Gutekunst. What's that say then for the health of the Green Bay Packers and their long-term future? You have Aaron Rodgers still, but what's that say for the rest of the team? Yeah, you have Aaron Rodgers still, but realistically Aaron Rodgers is only going to be playing three to five more years. Yeah. Or three to five more years in which 
you would like the ability that he can play at. Um, but what does that say to the rest of the team then? That literally a player is calling the shots, running the show. I suppose if you're some of those players, though, you probably believe in Aaron Rodgers more than you would in Brian Gutekunst. I'm sure there's fa- there's factions here breaking off in this uh, <laughs> in this camp here of Green Bay Packers. But if you fire Brian Gutekunst, that sets an insane precedent. So what do you do with Jordan Love? You fire Brian Gutekunst, then what do you do with Jordan Love? Tell him to sit down and shut up in his <laughs> corner. We're going to figure this out. You sit down and you shut up and you, and you get ready just in case Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. I feel like there would just be such this, 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 no matter what happens, there's vitriol in the, in the Packers, right? No matter what happens, this is this is not good, correct? Well, yeah, this is not good. There's nothing good about this. There's literally nothing good about what's happening with Aaron Rodgers, Brian Gutekunst, and the Green Bay Packers. We're going to have comments coming up from Brian Gutekunst and uh, Matt LaFleur. Yeah? I just can't wait to hear these comments. I, they're, they're, they're doozies. They are doozies, I'll tell you that much. I wish Mark Murphy would say something, too. Um, okay, Rowdy, going back. Let's go back though. Brian Gutekunst comes out and says, you know, Pat Rodgers is their uh, quarterback for the foreseeable future. If you go back a couple weeks before that, Mark Murphy, the Packers, you know, president and CEO, is talking about the expanding of the season, like adding a game, uh, having more, you know, teams fly out overseas to go play in Europe and Mexico and Canada. They have Canada would ever let you in, yada yada yada. And then Mark Murphy was asked about Rodgers, and he immediately says that he's not going to talk about that. But then he goes on to talk about David Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones. Does Mark Murphy have the worst poker face in in in, in America? Because go back to that. Couldn't didn't we say right then and there something stinks, that something ain't right, that he wouldn't talk about the Rodgers contract, but then he would talk about Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones and Preston Smith and throwing all the guys that resigned. Didn't well, we say right then and there it stunk? Well, when we've talked about a lot of the issues that the Packers have had in the last, I don't know, three to four years, who's always connected to it? Mark Murphy. Mark Murphy has always been the one connected to it or having the comments like the don't be the problems. (laughs) And you know what I mean, though? He's always the guy that's been around those comments. Always. Always. And you look at Mark Murphy in a guy that obviously is – has done well of bringing money into the Green Bay Packers organization. But uh, who's the person that hired Brian Gutekunst? Well, I guess Mark Murphy promoted him. And then you have Matt LaFleur, who was Mark Murphy's guy. Do you think Matt LaFleur is any blame in this, Rowdy? See, that's a good question. I feel like I'd have to be more in the room to know exactly. Well, yes, I mean, same. But do you personally think that that Matt LaFleur has some blame into this? I I say yes. I just don't know exactly what Matt LaFleur would have done wrong outside of maybe not allowing him to go for it. Okay, do you think that, I know we're not in the room, but do you think that Matt LaFleur knew that Brian Gutekunst wanted to draft Jordan Love, trade up to get him Well, I'm sure sure he definitely knew something about it before uh, they actually selected him. Yeah, so uh, apparently this all stems from Aaron Rodgers not receiving a single word, not even a, a phone call, a text, a DM, a whisper in his ear, some sweet little nothings, nothing, nothing about Jordan Love. And that's what incensed him over this whole situation. And then I see this floating around on uh, CBSSports.com. The Bucks kept Tom Brady in the loop about their selection of Kyle Trask. They picked up the phone. They called Tom Brady. How about this, Rowdy? This little adds insult to injury. Even the Chicago Bears, according to CBSSports.com, via Ian Rappaport, called Andy Dalton, who the Bears said Andy Dalton, they told him he would be quarterback one coming into the Chicago organization before they signed him. The Bears called Andy Dalton to let him know that they were taking Justin Fields. The Packers, according to all this, never once told Aaron Rodgers about Jordan Love. Do you think, though, it's the right of Aaron Rodgers to know what Brian Gutekunst is going to be drafting a quarterback? Like we have so many layers of this onion to peel back. Do you? I know I'm asking you a lot of questions at six sixteen in the morning, and we're going to dive into all of them. But do you think Aaron Rodgers has earned the right to have, as Brian Gutekunst uh, apparently didn't pick up the phone call, a courtesy call to say, "Hey, we're drafting Jordan Love." Well, I think if you didn't want a situation like this to happen, <laughs> then yes, he did because you just mentioned how Andy Dalton got a phone call. Andy Dalton had just signed. 
Andy Dalton's nowhere near the player that Aaron Rodgers was. Yeah. <laughs> you just said it. He's coming off of an MVP. Mm. Now, granted, he wasn't the MVP when they selected Jordan Love, but I don't know. He was a two-time MVP prior to that. Yeah, he was. Um, you know, coming off that season when he got they got Jordan Love, what Rodgers probably what I mean, wasn't his best, but he wasn't bad. Well, you would also say that Aaron Rodgers was the franchise, right? He was yeah. the franchise player. Yep. Before and after you selected Jordan Love. Yep. I mean, didn't we say Aaron Rodgers gives you your best shot at a Super Bowl, even with um, the down years, the one the last year with Mike McCarthy, and then the one when uh, Matt LaFleur first came in, which wasn't really a down year. Down I would, for him. I would say that from 2000 and 2010 till about 2021, there's maybe been one season where I questioned if Aaron Rodgers was still at that level. Was that and what season was that? Was that after the Mike McCarthy? That season? was yeah, the last the last Mike that McCarthy. That 2018 season. season, the last year with Mike McCarthy, you saw him miss so many throws. You saw him wildly inaccurate. Yeah, you just saw the bad attitude going into that 2019 with a new coach. That was a first year head coach. That was when I really questioned: Can Aaron Rodgers still be that type of player? <laughs> now, obviously, he answered it. He did. <laughs> but that but that's the only time I've ever questioned that in the last 11 12 years. Wow. This is this is insane. I can't believe that we are right here talking about Aaron Rodgers demanding his GM be fired or if not him being outed, traded, gone. But the Packers do have the right as Rowdy said to make Rodgers just sit on the bench for 3 years and say eat it, dude. Wouldn't that be just insane? That'd, that'd be a worse breakup than the Brett Favre breakup, Rowdy. Just think of Rodgers. How many times they'd like cut to Rodgers sitting on the bench of him just scowling? I wonder if he'd even show up, though. What if, he just re- up. what if he'd just retire? Do you think he'd show up? No, I said he wouldn't show up to those games. No, he'd be, he'd be gone. It would be the most insane divorce ever. Wow. But also over the weekend, besides the drama... There was this thing called the NFL Draft. I don't know if you guys ever heard of it. And sort of the teams in the NFL get together and select players out of college that they think are the best and can fit with their team. Well, the Packers got nine of them. And boys, what do you think? They uh, what do you think of the draft? It's all over the board with grades here. I saw from A to B to C and even a couple of Fs. Pepper and some D's too. But what was your overall takeaway on the Packers draft as they only get one ride receiver, Amari Rodgers. They get three offensive linemen, one of them Cole Van Lannan from the Wisconsin Badgers. They get uh, what a middle linebacker, uh, running back at the end. What do you guys think of the, uh, of the draft that was? Rowdy, I'll start with you. Well, overall, I would say if we're grading it, I'd probably give the Packers like a B B minus yeah, for a grade. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty indifferent overall about the majority of the of the draft. I look at a lot of the the players that they selected, and reason why I'm more indifferent is because they didn't get any standout players at their position, in my opinion. Like guys were like, I want, I want that guy. Yeah. We need a you. corner. I want that specific corner. We need a receiver. I want this specific receiver. They you didn't get anyone like that. You don't like Amari. And, everyone says that's like Amari Rogers, though, that guy that well, stands out. And the other thing uh, with the why I'm kind of indifferent, when I look at a lot of the guys that they selected, I think you could argue that they reached a little early with a lot of their picks. Where where NFL draft boards and, and values say they might have reached a little early on some of the prospects. Now, Was talking Myers about, the second round pick a reach? He was one where there were better centers on the board. Well, same as the cornerback, right? Eric Stokes, right? Didn't they say that was a little bit of a reach? Yep. Mm-hmm. And Amari Rogers could have been considered a little bit of a reach. Royce Newman, the guard, could have been considered a little bit of a reach. I mean, the corner, even Cole Van Lannan in the in the sixth round could have been considered a bit of a reach. <laughs> I, I, if you look at it, I think the majority of the picks, you could argue, was a little bit of a reach what? in the where what, they took them. What about this? Our guy Carl on Twitch says, the way I view the draft is this. Who cares what kind of groceries you got when you get home and your house is on fire? 
I eat the Rogers Brian Kuda goes fiasco. <laughs> no, but specifically on the draft, that's funny, Carl. Um, all right, Rowdy. So let's just go oh, real quick. Uh, so Rowdy says a reach, but he gives like a B minus, B B minus, right, Rowdy? Well, it's because they they did everything. They drafted for needs, right? They needed corner. They selected mm-hmm. a corner. They needed a wide receiver. They got a wide receiver. Offensive line. They got multiple. Defensive line. They got one. Like they they pretty much checked off every single box they needed, mm-hmm. and at least used a pick there. Now we'll see how some of them turn out, but just on the on the surface, they did what they needed to do, but at the same time, they didn't get anyone super flashy that everyone wanted. And they only got you, one wide receiver. Yeah, and you also might have reached in some certain spots. I'm kind of indifferent about it. I don't think it was bad. I don't think it was uh, great. RJ, um, how about yourself? Yeah, I, I'm there with Rowdy. I mean, almost every pick, it was like, Okay, that's a position to need. It wasn't like, oh, this is a guy who's like popping off the page and all that. And, you know, some of it, you know, I think I wish they would have gone a couple more D linemen rather than, you know, more O linemen or a, even a running back. Well, not sure <laughs> why you need one right now. But um, and they're saying that's like a steal of a pick, though, even though it's like right. one of the um, last picks. But yeah, overall. You can't be too upset with it outside of, uh, you know, you've had some injuries at linebacker and you might want to want to do have brought a couple more. In. I actually, so I always come up with those list of guys that I would not mind the Packers drafting mm-hmm. and I do it all the way from rounds one to seven. Yeah. Actually, a few of the guys that I had on my list was who they drafted. Amari Rogers was a receiver that I liked. And Slayton, the defensive tackle, was kind of a big run stuffer in the middle that I didn't mind. And actually, you talked about linebacker. The other guy that I actually liked as a late-round flyer for him was McDuffie out of Boston College. Good so, name, I mean, too. My, my favorite picks that made my list were Rodgers, Slayton, and McDuffie, so I can't be upset with that. Yeah. And Cole Van Lannon, I, I didn't mind. That's a good, I, yeah. just, I feel like in the sixth round, it might have been a bit of a reach because I think you probably could have got him in the seventh or – was trending as a potential undrafted free agent. Mm-hmm. Cole Van Lannon is such a like Wisconsin, or obviously from Wisconsin, but like a Packers lineman pick. I feel like he fits the mold of a Packers guy. Uh, so I saw this of 18 draft grades compiled. The Packers received 14 grades in the B or C range. And uh, let's see here. The class was polarizing. Two analysts gave the Packers an A, while two others gave the Packers an F. In fact, one of those analysts that gave the Packers the F Thor Nystrom, he's going to join us at 9.45 today. So we're going to pick his brain. And now he had an F for the Packers this year and last year. And Ooh. now last year. Maybe you do get rid of your GM then. Last year, <laughs> I can understand with the F because when you're looking at it as a team that made it to the NFC Championship game and lost to the 49ers going into that draft, yeah, you drafted a backup quarterback. You drafted a third string running back. You drafted like a third, fourth string tight end. And those were, you traded away your fourth rounder. All of a sudden, you had an oft injured inside linebacker that wasn't going to be starting the season healthy. And then it was a bunch of late round offensive linemen mm-hmm. and then a, an, a, an edge rusher and a safety. So, yes, looking at it as a win now draft last year. I would have given that an F maybe if I was feeling good that day a D. But maybe <laughs> like, maybe this year, like you said, they reached on a lot of picks. That could be a contributor see, as this to why, is, I was, why they graded an F. I was talking uh, about this this weekend. Now, you, if you – I feel like Gutekunst has, a, and especially in the last two drafts, has had a different board than the rest of the NFL. And I think <laughs> – Hands down. And I think long term, that's either going to put him – at the top of those GM lists because he's so unique and has his own board or at the bottom of the GM because list. he's so unique because he's so unique and that's his board. Yeah. Now you can reach, I get if you fall in love with a player and you reach, you got to hit. Though. You have to hit. Yeah. You and now be, we're, yep. we're going to have to see whether or not Stokes can play corner. Can he play in the slot? Can he play outside wide? Now, Josh Myers, see was it uh, Humphrey, the center from uh, Oklahoma, was still on the board? They were talking about him potentially being a first-round pick. Yeah. And how the Packers could have been a team that was mocked to him in the first round. He was there, and, and I think you would say that overall he's the much better center than Josh Myers, who's who, by the way, he's a good center. Yeah. But yeah. the thing is, Myers, 
might be a better scheme fit, Humphreys might have been the better overall well, player, talent gotcha. player. So, so obviously you drafted for scheme there. So out of real quick, and with that, what I saw, what they were talking about is it's uh, Corey Lindsley light. Yeah, uh, yes, that was yeah. the explanation of the guy. Well, I so, mean Ohio State product, you know, yeah. Corey Lindsley light, which hey, Corey Lindsley, badass. Uh, then the RJ just linked us with the Packers, you know, the, the undrafted free agent pickups. You got what a safety Christian Uphoff out of Illinois state. You have a defensive tackle, Jack Heflin out of Iowa, a defensive lineman, Carlo Kemp out of Michigan, a wide receiver, Bailey. Is it Gaither? Sure. Of San Jose state and John Deetson. John Deetson offensive line, Wisconsin. Well, the nice thing with both of the Wisconsin offensive linemen is they probably think that both of them can be swing tackles where they're most likely going to be guards in the NFL, but in a pinch could swing out and play tackle. Yeah. So there's some versatility between Dietzen and Van Lannan. And we saw Dietzen play both on the interior and the outside at Wisconsin yeah. and Van Lannan. Now he granted he played tackle for the Badgers. He profiles more as a guard in the NFL. Mm-hmm. All right, so looking here, um, we're going to take a quick break here and, and come back in and talk more about it. That Royce Newman, the guard out of Ole Miss, I think he also profiles as a swing tackle, so he's going to be a, a guard that could potentially, in a pinch, play tackle. And they the basically Packers, drafted yeah, a lot of versatility. The, the Packers have had guys who can do that. You have centers slash guards, guards slash tackles, and, I mean, you've had a guy who's played every position but one. I think you had uh, Turner, who's played every position on the... No, no. Um, that um, was uh, J- Jenkins. 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 Yeah. But yeah. I mean, Turner's Turner's played right guard. Yeah, he's played right tackle, left tackle, and I would imagine that in a pinch could also play left guard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So what we're gonna do? We're gonna take a little quick break here, and then we're gonna come back and dissect some more of the draft class that was for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, reading here, out of all the 18 grades compiled for the Packers. Out of all the teams in the NFL, 32 of them, the Packers came in at number 26 for best draft. Okay. And that's obviously low. Didn't they come in 31st 32. last year, if I remember correctly? I think you're right, Rowdy. <laughs> the draft that was. Let's start with it here. We got uh, Packers had uh, coming to the draft, what, 10 selections? They ended up doing nine, number one. I was honestly su- surprised they didn't trade up even more. I was surprised that they, they kept nine picks. Well, yeah, because they have, as Gudukun said in the podium, they have a very competitive team. They have just about everyone returning. It's going to be hard for some of these guys to even make the team. And the fact they didn't use some of those picks, because they did have 10, as we just said, to mm, use more capital to trade up was kind of Yeah, I shocking. figured that they were going to try and get, or I guess select more guys like in that third, fourth range. Mm-hmm. But I guess, nope, they... They decided to use what was it? One of their picks to go up and move up into the third round. Yeah, that's where they took Amari Rogers. Amari Rogers, the wide receiver. But how about this pick number twenty nine, round one? They get Eric Stokes, the cornerback out of Georgia, and our guy Jimby on Twitch says, "Have you seen the list of receivers Stokes guarded one on one? That would be Justin Jefferson, Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith." Etc. Jamar it's, it's Chase, etc. Cetera, et cetera. It's basically all the studs from Alabama and LSU. Yeah, it's all like the number ones, right? And I know he hasn't been targeted much, Eric Stokes, but apparently they liked him. Now, some say it was a little bit of a reach, right, for Eric Stokes, but he's um I understand the pick because it's a need, right? Same as you. Yeah, and I'm an, I'm on I'm indifferent on the pick. Like, first, I don't think it's a great pick. I don't think it's a terrible pick. If I was the GM, I wouldn't have selected him, but it makes sense because they needed a corner. He's There are some things to like about Stokes. Like, yeah. I don't know, the stats about how he was super dominant against some of the best receivers in the SEC. Yeah, and now those receivers are going to be doing, if not already doing good, like Justin Jefferson, good in the NFL. Uh, let's just do a little quick take on each one. Josh Myers, the uh, offensive lineman out of Ohio State, the ready-to-go center, who they say is Corey Lindsley Light. What do you think of this cat? And this was another one for the second round. It's I'm indifferent on. I think, uh, like I said, I liked Humphreys better out of uh, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Myers seems to be a better scheme fit for them, but maybe they're hoping he's going to be able to step in right away. Yeah, right? totally. That, that'd be ideal. That's they say he needs him. to get stronger to deal with rushers, but he's a smart pick after losing Corey Lindsley 
And uh, he's got good first step quickness, can recognize stunts and blitzes. You so. know, I, I saw some people saying online that he's no good and the offensive line for Ohio State was trash last year and they couldn't they couldn't even protect Justin Fields. I don't know where that's coming from because the Ohio State offensive line was like the most beat up offensive line between COVID and injuries. Yeah. That that's that's a really unfair assumption. Is it like the same people that say Justin Fields is a run first quarterback when he's clearly not from that camp? There could be some same people in those camps. Yeah. All right, number three, or I should say round three, pick eighty five. This is the one I saw. All right. I saw some of the Packer like blue check marks, the big J's, the people that think they're like God's gift to uh, sports analysis and reporting. Fine. The Packers get their receiver to make Aaron Rodgers happy. How can number 12 not like this? Amari Rodgers, spelled the same as Aaron Rodgers, wide receiver out of Clemson, third round, pick 85. What do you think of Amari Rodgers? Yeah, no, this was a guy that I, I liked and thought could be an option for the Packers later in the draft. And my biggest thing with Amari Rodgers is, yes, he's super explosive, he was one of the guys that was targeted most by uh, Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. My big, my big question mark with him is his route tree. Yeah. It's can he run more of the routes that are downfield? Because you know, he can run all those routes within 10 yards because that's how they got him the football a lot in college is around the line of scrimmage with bubbles and, Mm -hmm. and screens and stuff like that. So no doubt he's going to be explosive. It's more or less. Can he develop more of a route tree? And everyone's well, real quick, just five seconds before we get to the next fourth round pick. Does this pick of Amari Rogers make Aaron Rodgers put a smile on his face? Like, yeah, I want to stay in Green Bay now. A third round wide receiver? Yeah, sign me up. Not really. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, people saying that, I'm like, what, what crack are you smoking? Like, that was your third round pick. You could have taken a kid like Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss in the first round. In the first round. Who has a more developed more developed uh, route tree so he can run all the routes Mm -hmm. and he's put up more consistent stats. I mean, you know what I mean? Like there's a reason, there's a reason why Elijah Moore was late first, early second versus Amari Rogers was third, maybe early four. And some say Amari Rogers was a little bit of a reach Uh, round four, pick one forty two. Packers made a little trade. Royce Newman offensive lineman out of what was that? Mississippi. Yep. What do you think of Royce Newman? Because the Packers, uh, what, dipped into offensive line big time in this draft. Yeah, and, and some others could say that this was a little bit of a reach as well. But he's a guy that played right tackle, and it looks like he also has the ability to play guard. So he's played a little right tackle. So it's, it's just another versatile offensive lineman that the – And the Packers like their Packers. versatile offensive lineman, right? Yeah, and he was a guy that was a fit for his own scheme. All right, and then round five, they had two selections. Um Slayton, the defensive lineman out of Florida. And then Gene Charles, the cornerback out of Appalachian State. What did you see out of these guys? We'll start with Slayton. Slayton was another guy that I had up my list that I liked. He's basically just the big run stuffer in the middle. He goes like, what, 335? Yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah, he's a, he's a big boy. He's They listen to us, 340 here, 6'5", 340. Yeah, and he's one of the guys that I thought they actually didn't reach on. I thought he was like a fifth-round-ish value. That's what I was seeing from... Uh, most sites. Yeah. So that was one they didn't reach on. And it, again, it, it helps because the green Bay Packers need some defensive line. Totally. And then a cornerback out of Appalachian state, the Shamar Jean Charles, a fluid cornerback who can play inside and out. What do you think of this cat? Yeah. The, from what I read up on him, it seems like, uh, he, he's got some ability. It's just, can they get it out of him? Yeah. Then in the sixth round, how about this? Wisconsin football fans will know this guy. Offensive lineman Cole Van Lannan. Now, obviously, his best stuff came out of the 2018 season, regressed the past two years, but he was playing with some injury and then the shortened season with COVID and whatnot. I like Cole Van Lannan. Um, I'm just curious. This might have been a little bit of a reach, I think. Yeah, that's but I what do I like would Cole consider it. When I had him on a list as a guy like in the seventh round as a late pick or as an undrafted free agent, again, probably a reach here, but he's a guy that – Played some tackle in college. Obviously, they think he profiles more as a guard in the NFL. And at the very least, it's just another uh, draft pick for the Packers where it's a guy that can probably play guard and a little tackle in a pinch. Totally. And then out of the sixth round as well, the best name out of the Packers draft, Isaiah McDuffie. 
This guy sounds like a beer drinker. Linebacker out of Boston College. What do you think out of Mick Duffy? I think they say was he a little undersized. Yeah, that's a. Uh... He was one of the other ones that I really liked and I thought wasn't a reach in the sixth round. I thought it was pretty good value in the sixth. He is an undersized uh, inside linebacker. I believe he's like 6'1", a little over 225. But uh, from what I've seen and what I've read, it looks like he's extremely good against the run, pretty good blitzer in general. Yeah. And now, granted, might not have shown the most in coverage in uh, in college, Maybe a little bit of room for improvement there. I think, I think uh, that's one of my more f- favorite picks value wise that nice. backers had. And then finally, the last pick, round seven, pick two fifty six, Kalen Hill, the running back out of Mississippi State. I didn't realize the Packers needed another running back, but maybe this guy could like make some flash on special teams. What do you think of Hill? I think yeah, it was just it was like a, to fill out the roster because yeah. look at running back. They you said have, this was like a steal though of a pick. I was reading about that. This guy's like really good. You have Aaron Jones. And you have AJ Dillon, and then that third option, the third running back was like, well, who are you going to sit with? Do you want to roll with Dexter Williams? Mm-hmm. Do you want to take a chance on drafting a, another running back? And or who? Uh, there's someone else. I'm blanking on their name, but it was like, yeah, they really Tyler didn't have was a. Irvin Solaire? They they really didn't have a sound number three guy. And I, yeah, I can't really argue with the pick. It was filling out the roster. All right, so the Packers draft well, a lot of varying different grades across the board. There was a couple A's, a lot of B's and C's, a few D's, and then a couple F's actually. And there was some Wisconsin flavor in the NFL draft. We welcome our sports director Zach Heilprin, number one on my big board of sports directors. What's up, Zach? How are we living today? Feel like you need to scout a little bit more. Oh, I've been scouting for years. You are number one, Zach. You are the clear cut number one. I'm doing great. You're the Trevor Lawrence of my draft, dude. I'm I want you. Minus the hair. <laughs> yes. You're the bizarro Trevor Lawrence. And and strong arm and draw jawline and tall. Yeah, man. Hey, other than that. Hey, let's be Zach, we need to start the week off positive as because there's a lot of negative going on right now, especially the Packers. <laughs> but before the Packers, let's talk positive about the Badgers. How about uh, Cole Van Lannon coming to the green and gold? You love to see that, yeah? Yeah, I mean, he was obviously pretty excited. Um, he actually, I don't know. I'm Did sure he eat at a supper club to celebrate? Uh, I don't know about that, but I do know that when he got the call, it said likely or scam or, or spam likely on his phone. Oh, potential those, spam, right? like my, yes. Mine says potential spam. So does but, mine. Um, his apparently said spam likely either way. It turned out he answered it anyways, and it turned out to be Ryan Gutekunst and, and Matt LaFleur telling him that they were drafting him. So <laughs> that's pretty cool for him. Obviously grew up just outside of Green Bay, went to Bayport High School, and you know I think they were probably, you know, early in his career, probably thought he was going to be a bit higher a draft pick. But, you know, sixth round to, to the Packers, getting to stay home, potentially even live at home. Uh, while he's going through this whole thing, uh, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Pretty cool for him. I don't know if that. I don't know if that's a benefit of. Uh, well, wouldn't that, that be but, something? Yeah. It's like, mom, I got. I'm late, running late for practice. Can you pack my lunch? It's like, honey, you're making right. good money. Move out already. <laughs> you're an NFL player, dude. Get it. Get it. It's time to move out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, really cool for him. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I feel like that's like a like a, a definitely a Packers lineman, right? Like. Cole Van Lennon. Obviously, 2018 was his best year. What happened in the uh, 2019 and 2020 campaign? Obviously, was it injury and then obviously COVID? Yeah, well, 2019 was an injury, and, and that was why he – I remember talking to him last August and how disappointed he was that they had canceled the season because he didn't have the best tape in 2019. He wanted to prove that he was a better player because he, had, he had, was dealing with that injury and it limited him, and he just wasn't as good as he probably could have been. And then this past year um, – you know, obviously with the COVID stuff and everything, but he also uh, dealt with an injury this year too. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's an unfortunate aspect of it, but I think he's talented enough to make it. I don't know if he's going to be a tackle. Probably not going to be a tackle. I mean, if anything, a right tackle, but probably an, an inside player for them, and we'll see if he can make the team. I mean, they've added now six offensive linemen in the last two drafts. Yeah, they're really going for it with that offensive line, hopefully to protect, I don't know, maybe Jordan Love, who knows. Uh, Zach, guys Got to get guys for that. Yeah, Zach, how about the um, uh, the undrafted free agent? We got John Dietzen coming as well to the Green Bay Packers. What is, uh, what's the skinny on Dietzen? Well, I mean, he gave up. He retired from football. Yeah. He retired from football after the 2019, no, excuse me, the 2018 season uh, when all those other guys left, um, you know, Dieter and 
and all those guys. And, and John could have come back, and he didn't. And uh, we all thought he was done. And then he shows back up last year and, uh, you know, started it, uh, started a bunch of games, played a bunch of games. And, uh, you know, I don't know if he's – that's, that's going to be a very tough ask because in, in addition to the six – I mean, he's an undrafted free agent being added into a mix that just drafted six guys the last two years. It's going to yeah. be tough. But yeah. I think it's cool that he's even getting the opportunity because – a long time ago, or I should say, you know, after 2018, it didn't look like that was even going to be a possibility just because of all the injuries he had been dealing with throughout his career. Well, I'm going to quote Paul Christ here, Zach, for Dietzen. Uh, you just appreciate the opportunity, you know? And that's, yeah, good point. Um, this is crazy now, to me. He, hey, <laughs> yeah? He's just got to wrap his arms around the situation, quoting Gary Anderson. <laughs> Zach. Please never quote him again. Gary Anderson. For the first time since 1992, I saw in your article that you wrote at MadCitySportsZone.com on our beautiful new website, for the first time since 1992, the Wisconsin football team didn't have anyone taken in the first four rounds of the NFL draft. That's pretty wild, yeah? Well, yeah, I mean, when it happens for the what? That's uh, almost 30 years? That's a long time. It is. So, yeah, they didn't have anybody taken in the first four rounds. They got... Obviously, Isaiah Lattimore coming off the first. I, I don't think anybody probably saw that before the draft, him going first. And then, you know, Van Landon and Rashad Wilder just going off in back-to-back picks. I mean, three, you know, having three is fine. Um, I think you potentially have more than that next year. But, yeah, I mean, it, you know, with all the guys that decided to come back, I don't know if any would have jumped into the, into the top five probably, or the top four rounds. Probably not. But with so many guys coming back, it's just, uh, you know, there wasn't as many bodies available, I guess, in terms of the draft as normal. Yeah. Did I see Rashad Wild Goose saying, like, I'm used to the cold in Buffalo? Maybe you didn't see this, but then he never listed as his stops of, of, of Madison, Wisconsin, playing for the Badgers. He's like, I lived here, I live there, but never said anything about I, Madison. I'm like, what happened in the Madison, dude? I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, I'll have to afford it to you. And then several other players got undrafted free agents. Was it fullback Mason? Uh, was it uh, – who was it? Was it Stocky got in, and then Garrett Groshak, then Eric Burrell, and obviously John Dietzen? Yeah, I believe those were the the four. I think Adam Bay was another one that the, the long snapper that was you know we'll probably get uh, somewhere a visit somewhere, but yeah, not part of the undrafted uh, free agent hall originally. Yeah. And Garrett Grocer going out to Las Vegas, which is pretty cool. It gets to team up with Alec Ingold again, and, and maybe um, Rogers. And potentially Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so speaking of that, Zach, I wanted to you know you know get to this point now. So <laughs> what the hell's going on? In, what the hell's going on in Green Bay? Who do you think leaked this information? I'm under the guise oh. it's the Aaron Rodgers camp. Oh, it's not even close. This this has made the Packers look horrible, um, and it feels like there's not there's not a whole lot coming back from the other side. You know what I mean? Like it's not they're not firing back, and I I think that's because they're still trying to figure this thing out in terms of getting somehow getting him back and not letting leak potential stuff that could you know hurt that in that effort. However, if this ends up going uh, the way that Aaron Rodgers wants and he's out. Expect the dirt to come flying out of Green Bay. I would imagine um, what you know the last few years have been like. But yeah. before we get before you get to that point, you know Aaron Rodgers is not going to go to a single other organization that is in a better spot to win than the Packers right now. If that's important to him, he stays. Okay, so let me if ask he, you. Let if, me ask if, you. I'm sorry. Continue. Finish your thought. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No. I was, and I'm going to say if if as he has said for the last few years, even maybe even further back to that. His legacy is important to him. He will. He would not do this. Like there's a lot of things that he has said over the last few years that are now coming up, being like, "Dude, what the, what the heck?" You know, like everything that you've been saying the last few years isn't holding water with what you're trying to do right now. Especially, especially, especially the idea potentially that he uh, wants Brian Gutekunst fired. Okay, like okay, that, yes. That's 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 on a different level. Not even Brett Favre did that in the summer of 2008. You know what I mean? Like, it, this is, that's at a different level, and it puts him in, in looking horrible, I think, in this situation. So this is legit, right? Like, Aaron Rodgers at the Kentucky Derby, the report's coming out, you know, he caught up with Mike, what, uh, Mike Tirico. Tirico. Thank you, Rowdy. Mike Tirico saying, like, he didn't want to be in camera, but he's, he's disappointed that this information got out, even though it seems like it was his camp that put it out. His but camp he, coming out. But he wants, he wants Goody fired. This is real, yes? By all reports? Well, I mean, tr- tr- Charles Robinson has been in the NFL for a really, really long time in terms of writing for Yahoo and, and a whole bunch of other much bigger publications than that. I find it very hard to believe that he's making it up. Now, whether that, you know, I, again, it's coming from, it's clearly coming from Aaron Rodgers' side. He quotes somebody within Aaron Rodgers' camp. So I, I do think that that is viable. And I also say that Brian Gutekunst didn't necessarily completely deny it. 
he denied that Aaron Rodgers told him directly, yeah, yeah. but he didn't deny he did not deny that uh, it had been communicated to somebody else. Um, it just had not been communicated directly to him. Hey, so Zach, <laughs> what do you think happens? In your humble opinion, does does I don't see Brian Gutekunst getting fired. I potentially see Rodgers getting traded, or I could see the Packers saying tough titties, and then Rodgers, I don't know, retires or just sits at the bench and doesn't show up or just rides out his contract. I, what do you think happens? I, I don't know what happens. I'll be honest. No, I mean, uh, no, I think, no one does. But yeah, yeah, no, right. Yeah, yeah, no, what, what, what would make – I mean, if, if I were in Gutekunst's spot, and I, I would say – yeah, all right. You're either playing here, or you're not playing anywhere else. Um, you know, you have what three more years on your contract. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if you would want, if you want to sit out, okay. If you want to retire, okay, and all that stuff. But you're not going to play here, or you're not going to play anywhere else. You're either playing here, or you're not playing anywhere else. I don't know if that's the stance he's actually going to end up taking because I think when you do that, you throw a whole bunch of other things in the mix in terms of media and all the other stuff, all the questions that we we saw how disastrous it was. In 2008, with with Brett Favre showing back up during uh, during family night, you know what I mean? Like that that situation deteriorated very quickly, and you know, and, and Favre was out. This time, though, they don't have any. They don't necessarily. They don't have any Aaron Rodgers in the waiting. You know what I mean? They don't have. They have Jordan Love, but he's not ready. Clearly, um, and there's no one else as the quarterback right and, now. And right now, there's nobody else. They're going to sign some other people, but uh, you know, if you want to take Brian Gutekunst literally and. Uh, say he always he's always trying to do what's best for the Green Bay Packers. You know, then he can if he if he I mean Aaron Rodgers playing for the Green Bay Packers is the best thing. Brian Gutekunst, why don't you uh, why not you step down? It's not going to happen, of course. No, and I would never. And I certainly, if I was in his shoes, not do that. But that that would that be the best thing for the Green Bay Packers if if uh, if that was the only way to get Aaron Rodgers back potentially. Probably, but it's not going to happen, and nor would I want it to happen. No. But Aaron Rodgers just looks horrible in this, this situation. I think he looks. Awful. And I know the Packers, and, and and I know the Packers have a huge role in this too, right? Like the way that they handled the Jordan Love situation, not ideal. The way that they handled the after season stuff with the contract and not giving him an extension right away, not ideal. But Aaron Rodgers is throwing a temper tam- tantrum at this point. They've done absolutely everything else that he's wanted. I mean, they brought back Aaron Jones, re-signed David Bakhtiari, they brought back all the guys that. He loves. I mean, Mercedes Lewis. Even before this, they fired Mike McCarthy and brought in a coach that he thought he could work with better. You know what I mean? Like they've done this. They've done a lot for Aaron Rodgers. In addition to making him the most, the highest paid quarterback several different times. Um, he, he's he's acting like a little baby, and uh, we'll see if um, if they call him out on it, or if they, not even call him out on it, but like call his bluff. Like, hey. Play here or don't play at all. We don't care. So you okay? What are the reports out there? There's a potential trade. This is you know floating in the ether. Russell Wilson. Back to the Packers with the Seattle Seahawks. What's there? The, the, yeah. There's the Raiders or the Las Vegas Raiders. And then there's what? The Denver Broncos, I think, are the odds on favorite. I think his, yeah. his fiance splits time between Colorado and California. Um, did, you, did you see the, uh, the, the tweet that Packers fans are going to say this was Oko, Yoko Ono? Oh, no, I didn't. And what is it? Was, it? And it was a picture of um, Shailene Woodley. Uh, you know, That's obviously, funny. I don't think she's. I obviously don't think she's had this kind of that kind of an impact. This, you know what I mean? Maybe she has. I I don't know, but I doubt it. Um, yeah, I don't know either. Again, I just I just don't understand. I I don't get it from his point of view. He, I know he doesn't want to be a lame duck guy. He wants more commitment to him. They've made a commitment to him in terms of that extension, and now he's just saying no. So I mean, they gave him what he wants, and he still doesn't. He still doesn't want to be here. That's pretty hard to overcome. All right, so the Chicago Bears told Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton would be quarterback one. Uh, by all the reports, Ian Rappaport and CBSSports.com, the Chicago Bears picked up the phone before they drafted Justin Fields and told Andy Dalton what they were doing. Tom Brady uh, was received a call from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now it's Tom Brady, the, the GOAT. Tom Brady received a call, though, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to say they were uh, selecting Kyle Trask. Rodgers apparently is hacked off over not receiving a single text, a phone call, uh, you know, a sweet nothing of whispering in his ear or a DM or anything about the drafting of Jordan Love. Do you think, Zach, that one call, that's all, would have helped Aaron Rodgers last year to uh, not get in that situation if Gutekunst just would have picked up the phone and say, hey, we're taking Love? I think uh, those two calls were made after what happened with Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) I don't, you know what I mean? Like they happened this year. Uh, after they saw what happened with Aaron Rodgers when the call was not made. I wonder if there was a call made to Tom Brady before Jimmy Garoppolo was trapped. I'd like to know that. 
But could they have made they they could have involved him in that, and he could have been aware of it before getting blindsided and heading to his pantry to grab a few uh, fingers of whiskey or whatever the hell it's it tequila's was. Tequila's four fingers of tequila. It's a healthy glass. Whatever. That, whatever. Um, There's a guy that, you know, could, yeah, dabbles they, they in liquor. They could, have, they could have done that. And, and the other thing is that they have involved him in, or Ludacris has said that he welcomes his input on uh, personnel matters, too. Um, whether he takes advice or not, doesn't seem like he has over the years. <laughs> Zach, wild times, man. We'll uh, we'll have mm. you on the speed dial, number one speed dial, if in case anything happens, okay? Can't wait. All right, see you, buddy. Thanks for your time. There he is, our sports director, my number one pick in the sports director draft, Zach Heilprin. All right, before we get to your Milwaukee Brewers, now the national media wants you to believe that the Brewers are a terrible, bad team because the Dodgers won 16-4 to yesterday. They want you to believe that the Dodgers reign supreme when the reality of the situation is. It's like, you know, national media is, you know, showing one hand while the other hand's doing something else, but they don't want you to see what the other hand's doing. They won't tell you the fact that the Brewers took three out of four against the LA Dodgers. That's the hand they don't want you to see. The hand they want everyone to see is that the Dodgers won 16 to four Sunday against the Brewers. And, oh, by the way, a game that the Brewers knew was going to be a throwaway game anyways. Yes. As me being a diehard Brewer fan that watches almost every game, I even hardly tuned in because I knew it was a throwaway game. Same. The game was over immediately, by the way. Um, (laughs) uh, The guy pitching was Alec Bettinger. Here's his run line, or his, uh, his, his, his line. Four innings pitched, 11 hits. 11 runs all earned, two walks, no strikeouts, a hit batsman, a wild pitch, and two grand slams. Yes, two grand salamis. His ERA is now 24.75. And also, we knew that if you'd been following much of the Brewer news from, was it Thursday, Friday, you also knew that Jordan Zimmerman was going to be set to make an appearance on Sunday as well. (laughs) And that's a guy that, did not make the big league team out of camp, had got hit around extremely hard in his last few seasons in the big leagues and uh, actually retired. Yeah. He was good. Before he was grabbed literally hours before well, Rowdy, they had to make a decision. So his retirement, they, he had to have what day, what day did they grab him? Was that on April 30th? So on April 30th, he had to tell the Brewers if he was retiring or signing that minor league contract? Yeah, and they hadn't. They basically had until a certain time that they had to uh, notify him. Or Sorry, he, he had, had a, a certain time during that day where he had to notify them that he was retiring and that once that time had passed, he'd, he'd be done. He'd be off the roster. Yep. Well, the Brewers, the Brewers reached out to him because of all the injuries <laughs> two hours before. So Jordan Zimmerman, who was about to retire, the Brewers like, well, hang on a second, buddy, don't re- don't turn those papers in. How about you come play and see what happens? So you were relying on a Sunday game of a, a guy that is an older prospect that comes in on your prospect list. Mm-hmm. I think he's like number twenty three, but he hadn't pitched in a real game since two thousand and nineteen. Yes, and now you're throwing him up at the big league level where he had been pitching in Double A. And you have for support behind him a guy that basically was nearly two hours away from retirement and has gotten beat up pretty bit. Like that was a throwaway game. It was a throwaway game. You had the, already the guy they're pitching, Alex Bettinger, throwaway game. You had already won the series. You won the first three against the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. That was better than anyone could have expected. To be completely honest, the Brewers did exactly what I uh, what I hoped they exceeded for. their expectations. I was hoping that they would go for that homestand that they would go four and three because I was imagining two and one against the Marlins and two and two against the Dodgers. And I'd be pretty content with that. Well, they only won one out of two against the Marlins, but heck they came back and won three out of four against the Dodgers still finished four and three for that uh, homestand, which was incredible. The, the craziest game was Saturday night when the Brewers looked like they were going to be, you know, losing, but the mayor of ding dong city, Travis Shaw coming up huge, and the way they win that in 11, Rowdy, God, the Saturday game for the Milwaukee Brewers was nuts. Yeah, and, and I happen to be around a lot of people that were uh, bagging on Travis Shaw quite a bit in the last uh, few days. Yep. Well, he had a home run and the walk-off hit in that game. 
How sick was that game on Saturday? That was badass. The mayor of Ding Dong City getting her done. But, Rowdy, the one thing we were talking about earlier in the show today, and there's this, speaking of yesterday's game, so not only will the national media not tell you really that the Brewers took three out of four against the reigning World Series champions, the L.A. Dodgers, they don't, they, that's not going to push their uh, agenda, their, you know, their clicks on their website, eyes on the TV broadcast. The reality of the situation is the Brewers were the better team, and they proved so three out of four games. But in the, sixth, or in the fourth game and the 16-4 to four affair, this is crazy. So Alec Bettinger, who gave up the crazy months of hit, and then Jordan Zimmerman came in, which we were just talking about. So Jordan Zimmerman made his debut, obviously a Wisconsinite. He was, and this is insane, Jordan Zimmerman became the 41st player to appear this season for the Milwaukee Brewers, and they were only playing in their 28th game. Again, the 41st player to appear this season for the Brewers, and they're playing their 28th game. Yeah, and you're pretty much playing your AAA catchers at this point because Omar Nervaez and Manny Pena both on the DL or the IL. Well, who isn't on the IL at this point, you know? <laughs> Who's not on the IL? Players for the Milwaukee Brewers that have either been on the IL or are currently on the IL. Brett Anderson, Corbin Burns, Lorenzo Cain, Dylan File, Derek Fisher, Zach Godley, um, Josh Lindblom, Tim Lopes, Mark Mathias, Omar Narvaez, Jace Peterson, Manny Pena, Daniel Robertson, Justin Topa, Bobby Wall, Colton Wong, Eric Yardley, Christian Yelich. 18 people either on or were on the IL, and they're 28 games into the season, and the Brewers currently sit... Are you ready for this? At 17 and 11, <clears throat> one of the best teams in baseball. It's tied for the best record in baseball. That's with the uh, the San Francisco Giants. And the Kansas City Royals. Which is wild that the Royals But are the there. Royals have played a ton of games so far against the Detroit Tigers, who are the worst team by far this season. Out of the AL, the Red Sox, AL East leaders, 17 and 12. The Royals. What Rowdy just said, the Oakland Athletics, who started the season off, how many did they lose in a row? This yeah, they started one and seven, and then they rattled off thirteen in a row. The Oakland A's are now seventeen and twelve in the AL West. Who cares about the AL though, right? Let's go to the NL. The Nationals sit atop of the NL East at twelve and twelve. Now they had some COVID stuff. Your Brewers, seventeen and eleven, number one in the NL Central. The Cardinals clipping at their heels at sixteen and twelve, and then the NL West. The San Francisco Giants at 17 and 11, tied with the Brewers for the best record in baseball. And then the Dodgers are 17 and 12, the Padres are 16 and 13, yada yada yada. Rowdy. How was this possible for the Milwaukee Brewers? What what is there something in the well, water? It's, it's one thing you have to give credit to David Stearns cuz since he had taken over as the general manager and, you know, president of baseball operations, he's always stressed depth. Yeah, big time. And, yeah, and big finding time. finding guys that have been able to provide depth, whether they're quadruple A players or guys that are have been sitting on the end of benches. Mm-hmm. He's always seems to have found a lot of those guys and the they, they come up and when called on, they've come through. So I think the biggest thing is giving a, a nice little applause to David Stearns for finding all the depth and obviously for the players themselves for when they've been given the opportunity, they've basically taking advantage of those opportunities. The majority of them. I mean, we talk about how you can just go right down the roster and talk about Billy McKinney was balling out. Baller. Travis Shaw had been balling out. Mayor Ding Dong. Omar Nervaez, after coming off a bad season, has been swinging the bat super well. Is he in the IL? Yeah, he's on the IL now. But how about the guy that replaced him yesterday? Jacob Nottingham hit two Uh, home runs. Out of nowhere. He 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 literally was acquired by the Seattle Mariners less than a week ago, mm-hmm. and then the pa- uh, the Packers the Brewers took him back and got him in a game. The day at, the same day as same they day. they uh, claimed him back off of waivers, and he gets in and hits two home runs in a a game that was really a throwaway that no one cared about. But again, two home runs and some production for a guy that was literally the second catcher in Triple A. So, Dave, it's, it's incredible. David Stearns likes his depth, right, Rowdy? We had Moneyball about the Oakland A's. What a movie that was. 
what if we have a new movie? It was Moneyball for the A's. We have a new movie about David Stearns and his what he's been able to do with depth and win games. What do we call that? Like the depth charger? The into the deep into the depth? It'll, no, no, it'll just it'll be something really easy. The scrap heap. The scrap heap. And they come out clean on the other side so far. Look at David Stern. But that's why, if you're a Brewers fan, it's it's time to get uh, Yelich and Kane back. Which it sounds like Didn't both of them are going the to be trip? back for this uh, for this road trip. So the record for most players used in a season is 53. The Brewers right now are at 41, and they're 28 games in. Well, you'd imagine they'd use the two other guys on their 40 man they haven't used yet. Yep. There's just a matter of time. If they're still in contention, you'd have to imagine that there's uh, probably a few guys that they. would at least two or three that they could potentially trade for. For the Brewers, the record is 53 players used in a season. That happened in 1969 with the Seattle Pilots and the 2018 Brewers.